Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Unconventional Yogi Podcast with yours truly, Colette Marie. Real content, real talk. Today, I wanted to piggyback on what is intimacy. The previous podcast episode number eight, we talked about what my version of intimacy is compared to what I experienced in the past. And I shared things with you such as holding hands, having a conversation, joking, hugging, even arguing, even um, little things, gestures, things of that nature that I found to be extremely pleasurable and beautiful And that can extend throughout the day and becomes sort of this anticipated experience between point A and point B of the time that you might engage sexually with your partner. That being said, this is our part two of what is intimacy because as I'm looking at the internet, I just wanted to kind of scroll through to see like what kind of definitions are out there, what the information might be available to the everyday person. And I ran across an article in mindbodygreen.com, which I often go to because they really do post some amazing things there. And so the, our name of the article is Intimacy Exists Outside of Just Sex. And here are four kinds or four other kinds of the brand of intimacy. So the first one they outline, emotional intimacy. Emotional intimacy involves candid, authentic sharing of thoughts and feelings. It involves being able to tell each other your deepest fears, dreams, disappointments, and most complicated emotions, as well as feeling seen and understood when you do. Emotional intimacy means both you and your partner feel safe and comfortable with this type of uninhibited expression around each other. This safe space is cultivated by each person refraining from judgment or contentment, I'm sorry, or contempt when the other is sharing, which is great. You're feeling not judged and you're okay. You're in a safe space. And that is the idea of providing that emotional um, room for both people to engage with each other, which equates to emotional intimacy, which I find pretty stellar. The next one, number two, is intellectual intimacy. Comfort with communicating beliefs and viewpoints without worrying about potential conflicts creates intellectual intimacy. Each person in the relationship has the freedom to think for themselves and believes that their opinions are valued instead of feeling pressured to agree. This atmosphere encourages stimulating conversation. You feel closer to the person who cares for you, independent of differences, and respects your voice. Very important, very key, certainly rides shotgun with emotional intimacy because you might be having a political debate, say, in the house, and emotions tend to flare up, and you want to feel safe when you're sharing your perspective, even when you're emotional sharing your perspective. My partner and I don't always agree on certain political aspects, and so he and I can recount things, provide viewpoints, counterpoints, 
provide examples and we have a really healthy conversation. Sometimes it gets impassioned. Sometimes it gets a little heated. Sometimes we're both feeling away. But even in those moments of exchange, there is intimacy. There's that intellectual connectivity. There's that safe space, that emotional connectivity. So I just wanted to bring that around to show you that the two really roll out very well together. Here's number three. Number three is experiential intimacy. Shared experiences lead to insight, jokes, and private memories that can intensify a connection. The act of teamwork and moving in unison toward a common goal while creating an experience also establishes a feeling of closeness. This bond is the result of experiential intimacy. And I mentioned before about how we laugh together, we'll joke with each other, that sometimes after our argument, we'll start making fun of each other. And then we were both laughing because we both realized that we were both ridiculous at one point or another in the argument. And that is our own form of exchange and it's intimate and it's wonderful. And that's the experience that we have in that particular moment of exchange. So this inside joke feeling like we are the only two people in the room that really knows what's going on and then we might giggle and laugh or smile at each other. That's intimacy. That's an experiential thing. They do provide examples of what that might what that might mean. For example, partners cook a joint meal. One partner prepares the entree while the other makes dessert or side dishes to help foster teamwork. My partner and I do that often he'll prepare the meal, I will set up the table, I'll get the presentation going, pop the bottle of wine, and we are, you know, off to the races, and we have a great meal together. That's just one example. Moving on to number four, spiritual intimacy. Religious practice isn't necessary for spiritual intimacy, though it can serve the purpose. But this closeness forms when you share poignant moments with your partner. Though praying and worshiping as a couple could qualify as one such moment, there are many other examples of spiritual intimacy. For example, partners watch the sunrise or sunset together, jointly marveling at the phenomenon. My partner and I do that often. We go to Fairmont Park and we sit at the gazebo and we overlook the waterworks um, down below and the sun the sunset point of view is epic so we'll go and watch the sunset together usually we do this starting with the summer solstice and the summer is typically spent with these quick rendezvous to the gazebo to watch the sunset together which we love to do it's our thing it's what we do another example is a couple takes a walk through the park while holding hands enjoying the beauty of nature as well as each other we do that as well he and i will go to a nature preserve locally nearby in philly and we will Just enjoy a beautiful walk in nature. Sometimes we hold hands. Sometimes we're talking or walking briskly. We might even be having a debate about something. We might be working out some kinks about something that we didn't have a chance to discuss. Sometimes we stop and give each other a hug or a kiss along the way. So we do engage in nature walks 
and dinners and we go out to eat so we're both foodies and so we experience eating out together which is kind of like date night all the time for us so it's really quite unique the way that we have our relationship set up in that way and everybody's relationship is unique and set up in the way that works for those people so I encourage exploring all of those nuances because it is nuanced it's we just talked about four things emotional intellectual spiritual experiential and that is pretty wonderful when you really think about all of those things because that's every day that's every day that's not to say that you don't engage in sexual activity with your partner every day or a couple times a day or whatever works for the two of you or whatever your partner arrangement is like so that's going to be different for everyone that's going to vary and so there are no rules with that there are no rules with how you engage with the intimacy factor however The exploration of how far-reaching intimacy can be is what I'm sharing with you today, deferring to this excellent article in mindbodygreen.com because it fits in with the previous podcast regarding how I have experienced and learned what intimacy really means for me at this point in my life, whereas before I didn't have that experience because I didn't know any better. I didn't have anybody explain it to me. I didn't have anybody share their ideas or share their perspectives. So in the article, they conclude by sharing the bottom line. The bottom line, the non-physical types of intimacy listed here are four types of relationships that you can have with the same person. Healthy relationships involve relating on multiple levels, not just physical. Learning to engage in open, truthful communication, as well as working to understand your partner, will help establish the intangible feeling of closeness that will strengthen your love life. I think, in a nutshell, that's what it all boils down to. Because look, we have to communicate. I mentioned communication in a previous podcast. These interactions occur all the time. We certainly although we probably might want to have sex every minute of the day, it's just not a practical thing that happens every minute of the day because every minute of the day, we're engaged with getting ready to go to work. We're engaged with taking care of the things in the house, running errands, dealing with the family, calls, texts, emails, children, pets, setting up plans, having, you know, emergencies, unexpected events might occur. I mean, there's a myriad of things that occur on a day-to-day basis. Sex isn't always able to be engaged with every minute of the day. I mean, let's just, uh, you know, uh, truthfully. So between point A and point B of the sex act itself, the people, your partner, the individuals engaged in a relationship can experience intimacy on multiple levels throughout the day, even bobbing and weaving through all of the tasks and obligations that you have on a day-to-day basis. So that really is like the, that's what cements the relationship, I think. That's what really solidifies a relationship and makes it whole and complete and engaging and connected. All of the, all of those words, right? All of those words. So that is my spiel for today. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Unconventional Yogi Podcast with yours truly, Colette Marie. Real content, real talk. We'll get at this again soon. Until then, ciao for now.